third week third week podcast number three we're getting there we'll be fucking the next joe rogan soon (laughs) (laughs) here you probably know about this uh cambridge analytica okay yeah yeah you're familiar with that and fucking like uh basically cambridge analytica working with facebook uh to basically target political ads to certain people right i remember there was a huge scandal about that not I think it was like last year or the year before. Um, and yeah, there was a big thing about about that, like with privacy and people being targeted for, for certain ads based on like different things that they're doing outside the app, like outside Facebook. Yeah. Like what it's, it, what happened was basically stuff that everybody kind of already knew was going on, got brought to the forefront and everyone's like, Okay, we we knew this was happening, but now you're admitting it's happening, so you got to fix it. If you if it didn't come to light that it was happening, no one would have fucking cared. But now that it came to light, everyone's like, "Well, wait a minute, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that," because they were basically taking like points of interest from people and basically like building a database per person with the information that Facebook had on them, putting it well, basically putting it on a mutual server for Facebook and Cambridge Analytica to basically work with and then develop like the six degrees of separation and figure out who would be better suited to view different ads and stuff like that. It's it's a whole lot more complex than that, but that's that's the easiest way I can think to explain it, right? Right. Yeah, because I remember, um, I know a few times when I'm searching something on like Google or... Like if I'm if I'm doing something like on another app and I'm looking for something like eBay or whatever, I start getting um, ads on Facebook that are the exact thing that I was searching for. So <clears throat> it's something that you don't you almost like think it's a coincidence, but it's actually not. It's actually yeah. Facebook tracking you outside the Facebook app, like on like for me like Safari, right? Like I'm like looking up something on Google on Safari. I used to. I don't use Google anymore, but when I did, I would but see. You ads. still use Safari? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's just something that people think, oh, what a coincidence. Or, yeah, that's kind of fishy, but Facebook is actually tracking you on separate apps, which is really crazy that they can do that and kind of get away with it. Well, one of the easiest things that they're doing, like you've got to be familiar with tracking cookies, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a a lot of tracking cookies is doing the hard work for Facebook, because if you're on, like you said, if you're on eBay.com and then you go from eBay.com to Facebook.com, it can see the website that you just came from. And if you did a search for something on eBay.com and then you go to Facebook.com, it'll see that tracking cookie and then it'll also see the topic that you searched for. So it'll feed that to the, to the fucking, what am I telling? What am I looking for? Algorithm. It'll feed that to the algorithm and then you'll start seeing shit. Right. And it's all done automatically. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, they have a whole script set up to do this to every single person that visits Facebook and every single person that leaves Facebook and goes, goes and does something else. So yeah, it's definitely a concern. It's not even hard to do, really. It's it's something that if me and you sat down for a weekend, we could set up. You know what I mean? Like it's it's something that you could literally just if the cookie you could read and see if the cookie's clean and just ignore the cookie basically because it's clean, it's got no information on it that you want. Or you could see into the cookie what websites are attached to it because if you go from one website that tracks you to another website that tracks you to another website that tracks you that cookie is basically just a string of information it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer the more websites you go to that track you and that was another thing that um i don't know if a lot of people might not realize but 
when you go to a lot of websites, I'm, I'm sure most people realize this, but when you go to a lot of websites, it'll say, you know, accept all cookies or like cancel or whatever. So the European Union put in place this thing where all websites that are accessed by European people have to allow them the option whether or not they want to accept cookies. So that kind of ties into what uh, what we're talking about. Cookies are, are used for a lot of things, but one of the main things um, that we're getting at is they're used to track you and yeah. track what you're doing. Yeah, and, it, it, and it, it's actually a policy here in Canada. It's like PIPDA, P-I-P-E-D-A or something like that. Okay. Uh, so it's it's based around informed consent. So you know what what people are doing with your information. Uh, okay, so that's like interesting. You I have, didn't know Canada adopted that as well. Yeah. So they had it's kind of it's not as old as what they did over in Europe, uh, but it's I I don't think it's as fleshed out as what they did over in Europe either. But it, it's okay. still to a degree that we have that. Interesting, interesting. So, like, if an American person visits a certain website, do they still have that, uh, like, uh, that pop up that makes people accept cookies? Is that just kind of a general thing that most websites do nowadays? Yeah, now it's kind of like a. Um um like a safeguard right you you don't want to build a website and not have that in there for someone uh who can jump between countries left right and center and then all of a sudden they're in a country that you need it in well you're you're just going to put it so everybody at every country gets it you know what i mean you don't want to single out people because then you start getting into figuring out what needs to go where if you just if it's one line of code or one chunk of code that you just put in and it's for everybody, it's a whole lot easier than figuring out what people get and what people don't get. Just fucking give it to everybody, right? Right. So now it's just kind of like a general practice used. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's it's it, it's been around for, uh, I want to say since the internet started, but it, it it was probably like a year or something after that, but yeah, it's definitely been around, especially well before Cambridge Analytica. Right. Uh, now, the next thing that kind of feeds into that topic uh, would be I have a it's a man in the middle attack. You've um, I must have talked to you about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard of it. Yeah. So it's basically uh, like if uh, we'll say I set up my router. And I can broadcast it to everybody around me, uh, but I can also intercept the information that comes into my router. So my router would basically be the man in the middle. So I can choose what my router sends to people and what it doesn't send to people. Uh, so it's it's very often used for, um, I'll say like social engineering attacks kind of thing. Uh, so you can basically send a fake website to someone who's connected to free Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi without any passwords or anything like that. If you're sitting in Starbucks and there's a guy sitting next to you with a laptop, if he's got like a wireless, well, he doesn't even need a wireless device plugged in because it's a laptop, could have it built in, but he could be choosing what you're seeing on the free Wi-Fi and you don't even know it. Right. And, and that's one of the main reasons uh, um, a lot of people use VPNs when they're on public Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how can somebody safeguard from something like this, like besides using a VPN? Just don't connect to Wi-Fi that you don't normally connect to, honestly. Um, like That's usually good practice. There's there's some settings, like I know on my phone, it, it'll ask me if there's free Wi-Fi around, I have it set to ask me if to connect to it. And there's also a setting, which I'm sure a lot of people use, to just auto-connect to free Wi-Fi. Which is dangerous as fuck, because yeah. you don't know what you're connecting to. You could be connected to my honeypot in my closet, and all of a sudden I just got every bit of information that's on your device. And you don't know, because your phone automatically connected to it. It didn't prompt you. You could just be walking down the street, and you connected to two or three different little hotspots that stole all your information and your phone's just like yeah you got wi-fi mm. yeah um i'm pretty sure for my phone the default is not connecting to anything that's open 
so I have to actually go into my phone and connect to it. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's settings that people can implement to do that. And I don't know why you would. That's very dangerous. But yeah. um, if anybody's listening and they have that enabled on their phone, definitely it'd be a very good idea for privacy sake and security sake just to turn it off. And just, you know, if you happen to go somewhere, connect manually to a place you trust. Yeah, and one of the best practices would be uh, depending on the device, like if you're using a laptop, for example, you can download extensions that force or at least try to force HTTPS. Uh, so if you're visiting a website and it's just, if it takes HTTPS, but you just go to the regular HTTP, uh, it's the HTTPS will override it. Basically HTTP, but secure encrypted. Uh, so it's it's not impossible for people to see what you're doing on that website, but it's a lot harder for it's it's something I haven't invested a whole lot of time in because it's just a fucking pain in the ass to try and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, um, and this is coming from somebody who's trying to steal your information. Basically, <laughs> oh, me? I mean, you, I mean, you, you, you even said you have a honeypot set up. So why don't you explain what that is as well? Hi, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I kind of glossed over that. Mm. Uh, so basically a honeypot would be, um, I, I'll, I guess it'd be like Winnie the Pooh, right? Uh, so you get your hand in the honeypot, uh, and basically it, it, gives you what you want. Uh, well, I guess there would be two types of honeypots. There's one to just give you what you want and collect all your information while you're getting what you want. So you have absolutely no idea. And then there's another one that kind of just traps you in it. Uh, so you basically go to 404 page not found in the honeypot. You think there's something wrong with your internet, but the honeypot's just taken all your information. Okay, so... Basically, your device is being accessed remotely, and anything that's not secured is basically being copied onto a server. Yeah, like it, it, it could be copied. Uh, there's ways to to automate to just clone devices that connect to it. Um, there's ways to to obviously not do that. Uh, but it, it, the safe bet is to assume that anytime you're connected to any Wi-Fi that's not your own, your device has just been cloned. That's that's just a, a safe practice to assume because you don't know who owns it. And if even if you ask the person who owns it, what are you doing with my data? They're going to look at you like you've got fucking two heads because they don't know what they're doing with their data, let alone what they're doing with your data. Right. That's interesting. And I mean, if we're talking about like locking down your own personal Wi-Fi at home, like if you live like in the city and you're surrounded by people, uh, there's a good chance that someone around you is someone technical like me that has probably been in your Wi-Fi and you have no idea. And you can set up filters on your Wi-Fi to block Mac addresses, you can log Mac addresses, uh, and a Mac address is basically just, uh, we'll call it like a, a street address, basically. Uh, so you can basically say, I don't want this house, for instance, to connect to my Wi-Fi. Not that it'll necessarily be a house, but you can say this house, this Mac address is never allowed to connect to my Wi-Fi. And you can put that on a block list and you can put your own Mac addresses on an allow list. So, I mean, that's that's what I do. I have every device in my house is on my Mac address allow list. And if it's not on it, it can't connect to my Wi-Fi. Right. And if they crack my password and get in, they're still not getting the Wi-Fi. They'll be in my network, but they're not being able to reach out. Yeah. And that's really that's really important um, for it kind of like to break it down in layman's terms a little bit more. Um like a Mac address is like the identity of your device. Like if you're, if you have a phone, it has a Mac address. If you have yeah. a laptop, it has a Mac address that is completely yeah. unique to that device. So if somebody, let's say is like sitting outside your apartment with their phone, trying to like crack your password and they somehow get in, 
if you log that they got into your uh, Wi-Fi, you can see their MAC address and you can block them from ever being able to connect again with that device. Yeah. And you, you can also, if, if you have that Mac address, there's ways that you can just go on Google and search like Mac address lookup and you can see what kind of device it is too. Uh, so like if, uh, we'll say a van drives by, uh, and they connect to it, you can see it'll be like general motors incorporated or something like that. It'll, it'll tell you mostly it's just like Google and Microsoft, but it, it'll, it'll pretty much narrow it down so you can know if it was just someone on a phone or if you know it was someone with like a a truck full of computers basically right yeah that's kind of a good transition into one of the other topics you were telling me about that you wanted to discuss the um vehicle uh spying right oh yeah that's this is a good one um Ah, where do I start with this one? So I seen it was on Vice, uh, and it they demonstrated that with basically just a laptop and a wireless card, wireless device, you could hack into basically all the new cars uh, and control the acceleration, the braking, the steering, um, pretty much everything on that vehicle. How scary is that? I mean, they demonstrated it in like uh, basically like a closed course. Uh, So the guy was just driving the car and then Buddy said to the cameraman, I'm like, all right, do you want to turn left or right? And Buddy in the car had no idea what's going on. The cameraman's like, I don't know if he said left or right, but we'll say left. And Buddy on the computer punched a couple of keys and the car just started turning left. And Buddy in the car is like, what the hell's going on? Like the steering wheel's moving on its own and everything. And it's, it's just like, imagine driving down the street and someone just walking around is driving you into a light post and you have no idea what's happening because the, the car is not going to say system compromised, pull over now. No, the car is just going to be like, all right, cool. He wants to turn right. Meanwhile, you're slamming on the brakes and it's just ignoring the brakes and you're done. So... You're t- and this is just a regular car. This is not like a self-driving car, like a Tesla or anything, right? Yeah, basically, uh, like the way everything's kind of built now, like everything, um, I, I know the era that it kind of started in, but I don't know it to be exact. Uh, so I'll say like 2010, for example. Uh, so like all the newish cars, I, I'll say it's basically if your car comes with, I'll say if, if your car comes with Sirius radio, chances are you, you can be a victim to that attack just because Sirius radio is it's one of those newer things, one of those newer features in cars. Not that it's totally new, but that's just okay. an example, right? Now, so, another thing that kind of leads into it. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to ask a question. Sorry. So what I was going to say next was that um, uh, I have it listed as car Wi-Fi spying. Uh, so what that is to me uh, would be if you're driving, we'll say me and you got the exact same car, right? We don't actually do. But if we got a 2022 Honda Civic top of the line, you're parked at home and I'm out for a drive. If I drive past your house, my car can see your car's signal because every, everybody's got that little red light that flashes every once in a while to kind of deter burglars and shit right so my car can actually see that signal uh and read into itself that it just drove past another one uh so it could be like if you're driving down the highway uh and you pass even if you don't pass a honda vehicle per se if you pass like a chevrolet your car will see that it's got a signal that it doesn't necessarily know where it's from and log it as like unknown. Uh, so eventually enough unknowns, you can figure out where that unknown's from. If that unknown is from Chevy, if it's from Toyota, eventually they all start to, to kind of blend together. So your car is essentially spying on you and everyone around you when you go for a drive because it's tracking all those little Wi-Fi 
hotspots that your car has, even if you can't pick it up with your phone or your computer, it's still out there. It's just a totally different frequency. It's not like the 2.4 or the 5 gigahertz that that we're used to seeing. It's something that's usually manufacturer specific, uh, but manufacturers tend to be lazy. So most manufacturers all pr- probably use the same the same uh, the same frequency for their cars. So I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if this is still a thing with GM vehicles, but. I remember when OnStar was like the next big thing. I don't yeah. know if you remember that, right? Like the yeah. GPS thing where you just hit a button and like if uh, you're broke down, they like GPS coordinate where your vehicle is, send somebody out to tow you or whatever, yeah. right? So that always kind of freaked me out a little bit because that that has been used to like stop people in situations where they're running from the cops and stuff. They've taken control of like vehicles and shut them off and whatnot. Yep. I don't want I don't want the car company that I bought this car from to have that ability ever. I I'm I'm not going to go on a wild uh, police chase or anything, but I don't want uh, for my peace of mind. I don't want my car to have that. That you yeah. know that is a big pro that is a privacy thing and that's also a huge security thing. So that's you know that's just something that always like kind of freaked me out and it kind of leads into what you were talking about with the whole like uh wi-fi tracking and stuff like i'm sure if they knew the wi-fi signal of a car that's like they're trying to find and it's driving down let's say like a a downtown area where there's like a hundred wi-fi signals like uh, open wi-fis and it's connecting to each one of those and like talking to they're gonna know exactly where this car is just based on that they're gonna be like okay just went by the dairy queen that has open wi-fi yeah. Yeah. And right. like it, I mean, honestly, it, it, this kind of existed before OnStar. Um, um, you must have heard of LoJack, right? I don't think so. No. So it's, it was basically before an OnStar thing. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think you had to pay extra to get it. Uh, so like you might see some older cars have like LoJack stickers on the windows. Uh, so it was basically, um, like a, I'll say a, a GPS system that you could buy aftermarket for your car to track it. it. It couldn't really do much more than track it as far as I know. Uh, like it couldn't disable it or anything like that, but it was basically meant for if you have a car that's hugely popular and always getting stolen, you can put Lojack in it and you'll at least get your car back or you'll know where your car is. Uh, and it was mostly just for the police to use you as a citizen signed up for the service got it in your car but you weren't able to actually access it and see where it was you'd have to contact the police start a whole report and then they could do it so it was something for somebody that didn't want their car stolen basically and if they did they wanted to know where it was and have the cops have an easier way to find it and bring it back to them yeah it was like a rich person's version of the club basically (laughs) nice right on okay and i mean that with uh, like the car's Wi-Fi system spying on you, that also kind of feeds into like the Bluetooth of cars because cars that are even older than 2010 often have Bluetooth in them. Uh, and Bluetooth is something that everybody loves, but no one really understands why they love it. And it, it's because when you come within distance, some stuff can automatically connect to it. You can have stuff paired on your phone on Bluetooth for years upon years that you're never using. And someone just has to mimic one Bluetooth pair that you had 15 years ago on your laptop. And they're in just the same as Wi-Fi. But Bluetooth is way less secure than Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah. That is true. Bluetooth is a, a huge concern, uh, security concern. Um, and like more so with like audio and like vi- uh, audio and uh, video devices, like webcams and stuff like that. Like there's, there are webcams now that are Bluetooth yeah. and that is like a huge concern, security problem. And uh, obviously audio too, but more so video, you know, like spying and, and whatnot. Yeah, the, the best example I have for anybody listening is go to your local Best Buy or Circuit City or whatever, turn on Bluetooth scanning on your phone, and just see how many pop up. 
just see how many Bluetooth devices pop up that are ready to pair. And you can literally just tap pair and you're in. Like it's it's just that simple. Right. It's extremely, extremely scary when you think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, look at there's literal tons of pranks on YouTube of like college kids sitting in an auditorium connecting to the Bluetooth projector in the ceiling and putting porn on the white screen or just like SpongeBob memes, right? Like it's all over the place. And you think college kids like sure, some college kids are smart. Some are pretty fucking stupid and you can probably figure out the stupid ones because they're just going for the stupidest thing to put on the projector, right? Like they're not putting on typos and shit like that to, to subtly fuck with the professor. They're putting on full blown fucking hardcore porn, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, It's if it's that easy that a dumbass college student can do it, then I'm sure, you know, <laughs> the person sitting in his basement doing nothing but figuring out how to hack Bluetooth for like six months could probably do it a hell of a lot easier and way more efficient. And probably oh. to you. <laughs> Wouldn't you know even I mean? be six months. I, I could tell you right now, it would, it would maybe take you a weekend to figure out. <laughs> mm. Because like, I mean, you're familiar with Kali Linux, right? Yeah, of course. There's, um, I, I don't want to call it an app, but there's uh, an app included in certain Kali Linux distributions uh, that come with, I believe it's called Blue Snarf or Blue Snarfing. Uh, you can run that and that does all the hard work for you. Okay, so... Basically, if, if anybody doesn't know exactly what we're talking about, that's a type of operating system. And this specific one he's talking about is using to um, hack Bluetooth or sniff out Bluetooth. Yeah, so it's basically um, the Kali operating system. It's a Linux operating system. So very similar to what people have for like Windows or Mac OS. Uh, but this one is more dedicated to for cybersecurity or penetration testing. Uh, so it comes with a whole whacked on a whole suite of tools in it. And one of the tools in it is designed specifically to interfere with Bluetooth, to to connect to Bluetooth that you wouldn't normally be able to connect to. It, it's not meant to be used illegally, but neither are handguns, right? So, <laughs> yeah, um, so. He he's talking about testing. Basically, what people do is they they make these things to test um, security, right? So, um, if somebody's trying to like secure their Bluetooth, they're going to test this, and they're going to they're going to use uh, Kali Linux and this specific distribution that he's talking about to uh, to try and hack into the uh, Bluetooth and. A lot of people will take this and use it for nefarious means. So mm-hmm. that's just something that people should know about and be aware of. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's oftentimes that you could think you're connected to a free Wi Fi and you could think everyone on it is just oblivious to the fact that it's free Wi Fi. And the person serving you your coffee but could be running a Kali Linux server collecting everybody in the restaurants or everybody in the coffee shops information and just smiling at you while they do it. Like you can't just like assume that it's just a neck beard sitting in their mother's basement anymore because everything's gone so mainstream with TV shows and everything uh, like the rise of YouTube and all the tutorials online teaching people who wouldn't normally look into how to do this stuff it's so easy it's so accessible nowadays that it could be your grandmother doing it to be honest like it's someone with nothing but time on their hands is gonna just sit down and be bored and figure out what they want to do when they're bored and also I i would say that if you think just because you have an iphone that you're safe from any of this stuff that's also not true i i hacked my own iphone in an attempt to 
create or use use my iPhone as a webcam, <laughs> and I hacked into it and was able to see everything that my phone camera saw from my computer. So if I can do that just as kind of a novice when it comes to iPhone stuff, I'm not really an iPhone expert, and then it can be done pretty easily. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, uh, I, I got two examples I'll use. One is perfect because uh, a buddy of mine, uh, his father was in the hospital. Uh, so while his father was in the hospital, the house that he lived in, because he lived alone, was just totally vacant. Uh, so what happened one night was there was a bunch of teenagers that broke in and just fucking destroyed the place. Now, what ended up happening is it was the winter time. They were scurrying to get away from the police, presumably, and one of them dropped their iPhone. Well, my buddy knew I could do shit with it, brought it to me. All I had to do was charge it plug it into my computer and I had full access to it. Not that I had access without a pin. There was a pin on it, but I could still get, I had his address. I had everything about him. So took a screenshot, cloned the phone, gave it back to my buddy, said, bring it to the cops. This is where the guy lives. I, I even found his Facebook and his Facebook said, lost my phone at whatever time and day. <laughs> this is my new phone number. And it's like this, this is just a hundred percent proof that this is the person doing it. And it was like an hour after they broke into his house. So it was like, he, he obviously had another phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He was ready with a backup, <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting that you were able to get his address and his, his Facebook so easily from a locked iPhone. Yeah. And it, it honestly, the, the hardest part was charging it. <laughs> That's <laughs> like that. It, it sounds stupid to say it, but that was it because once it was charged, iTunes popped up, said, do you want to sync this device? I said, yes. And that was it. I had everything on the device. I couldn't actually like go into the device with my hands, but I could use my keyboard and mouse and iTunes to go into it. Nice. Yeah. Um, don't get me started on iPhone chargers. They're a pain in the butt. <laughs> well, this is the next best thing. Is You remember when I found the iPhone in the parking lot, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's literally sitting right next to me. And it's totally mine right now. I, I use it for just like if I want to do a TikTok rant or whatever, right? Like that was... A hundred percent lockdown, a hundred percent encrypted everything. And it, it just took a little bit of social engineering to contact. Was it Apple or Mac or whatever, whoever makes it and just basically tell them, like, I locked myself out of my phone. Can you help me get in? And then they asked for information. And it was as simple as just looking on the outside of the phone because they're serial numbers and IMEI numbers and everything. And just giving them that information and they just unlocked it for me. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's really interesting because they were not supposed to at all. They, they should have really dug deep. And usually Apple does, which is really weird. Usually yeah. Apple's pretty good with that. But you must have got like a noob or something or somebody that really didn't care. I don't know. But usually Apple is really a huge stickler when it comes to that shit. Yeah. And I mean, the, the thing that worked with me uh, is because at this point I lived in an apartment complex with, I don't know, we'll say 40 people. Uh, so all I really had to do to find out who owned the phone was go down to the mailboxes in the building, look at the names on the mailboxes in the building, and then look at basically the wallpaper that was on the iPhone to see if that name looked familiar to one of those names on the mailboxes, do a Facebook search to find out if it's, if the name matches a face I've seen. And then that was all the information I needed. I, I called Apple. I had everything I needed to know about the person, the age, everything. So if they were asking me questions, I could answer them. I, I was, I, to this day, do not know the person personally, 
but I know them technically, digitally. I know every bit about them. You know what I mean? Right. So, okay. Um, this person had like selfie as their wallpaper. It, it wasn't a picture of them. I think it was a picture of their grandmother or something like that. Uh, but like certain without sounding too white, certain last names compared to other last names stick out more. So you can very <laughs> easily see yeah. you can you can rule out <clears throat> half of the people in the building just by looking at the last name or the the origin of the last name, right? Yeah, I get you. Right on. Okay. Well that's interesting. So that's that's a little um social engineering course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which like is said, completely it, different than like anything that we ever talk about because social engineering really takes somebody that's like smooth talker and somebody that like is not me. Like I am not one of those social engineering people at all. Well, I mean the, the best, the best social engineer person would be someone who can call a cable company and get a credit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it you don't you don't have to be charismatic. I'm far from fucking charismatic, but it's just knowing what to say to trigger certain certain things in the other person listening to get them to act how you want them to act. Uh, so it's basically manipulating them without them knowing they're being manipulated. Fuck, I sound I sound like a stalker, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. This has been around a long time. This has been around like since the dawn of time, but oh, yeah. um, digitally, one of the one of the most interesting um, things were okay. You you got you remember in the eighties and nineties where like we had payphones. People are, yeah. people still remember those. Maybe some of your listeners don't, but people used to like call different things, different places, and get like free pizzas, and you know. Uh, call mcdonald's like there's this famous youtube video from like 12 years ago or like 10 years ago where this guy's like he calls him mcdonald's and he's like yeah my dad just like went through and he was like missing some stuff so i just want to come through and it was like a really busy day and he was just like so convincing he was like yeah i'm missing like two double cheeseburgers and a large fries and like uh, one of the pops and the guy's like uh yeah just come on through we'll just give you the stuff and like yeah. that was like one of like the first YouTube videos I saw where this guy just like bullshitted his way through that. But back in the day, um, people used to do this with um, payphones, and it was pretty much untraceable back then. Like eventually, uh, payphones became pr traceable, but once like when they first invented them they were pretty much untraceable and people used to like call in like bomb threats to get out of school from payphones and uh yeah. all kinds of different things like that is like a, a symptom of social engineering and also this goes like that's the main thing that really drove me to be interested in it i'm nowhere near as good as any of these other people but um if you look back in history it goes all the way back to like scammers and snake oil salesmen from way back in the day and it probably has existed as long as the human race has existed it's basically manipulating people yeah it's it's existed since taxes to be honest yeah <laughs> you know what Defin i mean like definitely exists we taxes. were talked <laughs> into taxes as a means to an end well taxes are never going to fucking stop because the government realized they can get money the government well, yeah, social I mean, engineered us into paying them for working <laughs> at least in canada it should have ended after world war ii it was supposed to be a tax in order to help the war effort and then when the war effort was over they just continued it on and technically in our constitution there's no amendments so technically you really don't have to pay um income tax in canada technically and I say technically so many times because if you don't, they will still put your ass in jail <laughs> yeah. and they will still um, come after your family. And there was this guy who kept using this one part of the Canadian Constitution to get it to pay in taxes every single year. And they made his life a living hell. They went through his garbage. They harassed him, took him to court 
multiple times, basically bankrupted him because they took him to court so many times and he had to keep paying for a lawyer. So he might as well have just paid his goddamn taxes in the end. Yeah, in the end, it cost him more than paying taxes. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It cost him more money and also his sanity, man. It drove him insane. It's an interesting story. Uh, I don't know the guy's name. I can't remember. But if you look up, I think it's like Manitoba and tax evasion. (laughs) You'll find a huge thing on it. It's probably not just him either. (laughs) Uh, I hope not. I don't agree with paying taxes at all, honestly. No. I'm a libertarian at heart. <laughs> Always will uh, be. I just say fuck the system. If 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 I get shit on for asking questions, well, you can go fuck yourselves. I'm here to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In this day and age, even asking questions are taboo. Yeah. Like apparently asking what is a woman is taboo. <laughs> That's the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn right. Don't get me started on that. Now, if we do talk about, I want to talk about this because it was, uh, what was, it was a documentary that came out on Netflix that I, I think I told you about. Um, actually, we talked about one of the episodes in the, in the last podcast. Uh, was the woman that was radicalized to join the white supremacy movement. Right. So one of the episodes that they have, uh, it's called, the episode is called The Stingray. Uh, So what it basically is, uh, is there was a a guy filing fraudulent tax returns, making tons of fucking money doing it, uh, and the government caught him. no surprise. Everybody gets caught. But what the big surprise is, is how they caught him. Uh, so what they used was a device called the Stingray. Uh, now, I'll break down what it is. The Stingray is basically just uh, um, a mobile cell tower that you can put in any vehicle. You could carry it around if you wanted to haul around a big battery pack, too. Uh, so you could literally walk around a building uh, and anybody with a cell phone would connect to the stingray. Uh, so you could see all the phone numbers connected to the stingray. Uh, and eventually if you decided to just walk far enough or close enough to someone, you could basically guess how close they were based on the signal strength between the stingray and their device. Uh, so they used that tactic to figure out where he lived. They had no idea where he lived. But they used that tactic to figure out his apartment number. Uh, Now, the reason that it was frowned upon is because using the Stingray, you can't just choose one person to use it on. So they Mm. were illegally phone tapping everybody in the city within the proximity of the Stingray device. So they had no warrant to do that. And Buddy got off basically scot-free because he ended up proving that they were doing something totally illegal. They had no warrant for, uh, and what ended up happening is they got a warrant to raid his apartment, but the only way they got the warrant to raid his apartment was through the illegal means of the stingray. Right. Which made the warrant illegitimate. Exactly. <clears throat> That's amazing. And was that in America? Or was that in Canada? No, that was in the States. That was not right. a lot. I say not long ago, but maybe 15 years ago. Okay. That and, it does actually ring a bell. I don't remember the exact, um, like everything about it, but I, I, when you mentioned it the way you did, it did ring a bell and I do remember it coming up. Yeah. Um, and that is really interesting because I don't think that would hold water in Canada just because uh, we don't have the same right to privacy as America does. So it would be actually interesting if they pulled that off in Canada and what kind of precedent would get set in Canada because it would either go to the Supreme Court and they would be like, okay, you're allowed to do that and then we'd all be fucked or they it would go to the Supreme Court and they would be like, okay, you can't do that and then the police would just figure out another way to do it <laughs> or another way to curtail it and like find another way to get the warrant because the police up here really don't give a fuck. They'll just keep going and going and trying until they get what they want. Yep. They'll, they'll, 
I mean, they'll pretty much do the same thing as the states. They'll try any means possible to get what they want. The only difference is the states, they punish the cops. Here, we just give them promotions and paid time off. In the states, they have a constitution that protects their freedoms. We don't yeah. have the same thing in in Canada. And that's that could go off on a whole different tangent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> About, like, freedoms and the Second Amendment in, in, in the states and the the first amendment in the states and how they have it so much better than we do here now one thing that we can do here legally a hundred percent legally uh it's a tactic called war driving sounds violent it's not i'll I'll break down exactly what it is uh so it's basically i can do it in my car uh so you plug in a laptop in your car you plug in a wireless uh, like a wireless adapter in your car. You set it to scan every Wi-Fi access point around you all the time. Kind of the same thing they were doing with the Stingray, only you're not looking for, I mean, you could look for cell signals. Cell signals is illegal. Wi-Fi isn't. Uh, so you could drive around, collect all the names of all the Wi-Fi around you, and just if there's a free Wi-Fi that you drive by and you connect to, it's basically just walking in a house with an open door you can do whatever the fuck you want with it because it's not it if the owner chooses not to secure their wi-fi it's not an invasion of privacy to go in there because it's basically in when you see wi-fi without a password on it it says wi-fi open open to me i don't know about you but sounds like open for business open is could be argued as an invite to come in just the same as if someone has a doormat at the front of their house that says welcome that could be taken as an invitation to enter the house without their permission right so what kind of things um can you do with this program when you connect to an open wi-fi uh so one thing that you could do um like i mean an open wi-fi you can do whatever the fuck you want with an open Wi-Fi. Uh, but one thing in particular you can do that I'm pretty sure you don't know this. I only found this out maybe two years ago, and I'm pretty sure I didn't tell you about it because I kept forgetting to tell you, uh, <laughs> is your phone, even if it's connected to Wi-Fi, is always looking for other Wi-Fi signals that it's previously connected to to connect to that are better. So if you're driving around with this device, uh, which is basically just a laptop and a wireless adapter, um, you can find in some cases your phone broadcasts its phone number to say it's looking for for Wi-Fi signals that it's connected to before. So your phone could basically ping my device that I'm driving down the street in my car with and say, are you Jim Bob's Wi-Fi? And if I pull over and stop and say, yes, I'm Jim Bob's Wi-Fi, just change my Wi-Fi to Jim Bob's Wi-Fi, your phone connects to it. Doesn't ask to authenticate or anything like that because it, it thinks it still has the permission to join it. Wow. Okay. So there's no underlying encryption. There's no... Um, like you can just change the name of the Wi-Fi in order to get it to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's because weird. the the phone, like there is an initial encryption uh, with a handshake. So your phone basically checks uh, your phone. Like I said, it's are you Jim Bob's Wi-Fi? If I say yes, the phone looks through the system. Do we have a handshake for Jim Bob's Wi-Fi? Yes. Is it still valid? Yes connect to jim bob's wi-fi right so but it's your weird phone, that it's only using the name of the wi-fi yeah you could that's a huge uh, in some cases problem. you could use the name you could change the mac address to be the exact same that it's looking for like mm, uh i'll okay. use like uh, a tp link router right like tp link b17 i don't know if that's a model or whatever but you could literally go on Google and find a Mac address that's close to what it's looking for and change it. So if your phone pings my device and says, are you TP-Link 
B187. I'll just change my MAC address and the name to TP-Link B187. And your phone is even more sure that it can connect because now it's got two pieces to back up that it was previously on it. Interesting. Okay. I had no idea. That is it. That is crazy. Now, the other thing, it kind of works with like um, mobile moving around. Uh, it's, it's two things. It would be NFC, uh, which stands for near, near field communication. So basically tap on your debit card. Mm-hmm. If you go up to a cashier and you tap your card, mm-hmm. that's NFC. You can use NFC on your phone. Uh, and RFID, fuck, what the fuck? Uh, I don't know what RFID means off the top of my head. Uh, but both of them are being used at work sites to track employees to make sure they stay within their designated work zone. And if they leave it, the moment they leave it, the company starts deducting from their paycheck until they go back into it. Hmm. Interesting. And I mean, NFC has so much more possibilities. Like, uh, it, it works with, um, uh, approximately the same distance as Bluetooth, which is about 30 meters. So 30 meters for all the Canadians listening, that's about 90 feet away. So when you tap your card, you're basically opening, we'll say opening a portal that's 90 feet wide for anybody in that portal to collect the information on that chip in your card and they can save it to whatever device they want. And they could be the person, two people behind you in line, and they could tap a totally fake card, but because you tapped, they're tapping with your information too. So you just bought them lunch. Wow. That's that's a very <laughs> huge security risk. <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it's so prevalent that like it, it's, happening i haven't seen any real cases of it happening in canada but i've seen so many cases of it happening in the states because it's it's just so easy for people to do like i don't want to say crackheads can do it but one step up yeah they could do it right that's interesting damn yeah i think we had a good good run yeah definitely we got fucking Get a we lot got everybody stuff. paranoid now. Everybody's <laughs> going to be fucking tinfoil yeah. stocks are going to go through. The roof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually did not know a lot of a lot of the stuff that we talked about, but it's interesting to get to get an inside scoop on what's going on. Yeah, I, I told you, man, fucking some of the shit I got for you is going to fucking blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And that, my friends, 